Well, hello there. This is episode 276 where we're chatting about how keto changes over time with your weight loss goals, integrated approach to keto for PCOS and thyroid health, the role of dairy-free keto for your weight loss goals, surprises on a keto diet, what to expect, how to adjust, what surprises us most, hypothyroid adjustment for better levels, how to set up for success for keto weight loss, and so much more. We also talk about alcohol, and our guest Priscilla gets very excited, and I do too, by talking about alcohol. If you're looking for a keto-friendly wine, my friends over at Dry Farm Wines are offering a bottle of keto-friendly wine for a penny. You can head on over to dryfarmwines.com slash Leanne Vogel to get in on that action. I just love their wine. We have so much of it. I just love it. We're going to be chatting about a lot to do with weight loss, thyroid health, PCOS, making adjustments that work for you. If you want to go deeper into this work, you can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash bundle. This is a bundle of my two best-selling programs. They are digital, instant downloads. So again, that's healthfulpursuit.com slash bundle to get in on that action. And I have a little favor to ask you. If you have one of my books, okay, I have three paperback books, The Keto Diet, The Keto Diet Cookbook, Keto for Women. If you have any of those, whether you love it or you don't, or you felt like there was something missing, it would be amazing if you went to the website where you purchased the book, if you got it online and left a review. I've noticed that although book sales are the same, the reviews have gone down and it's probably because I haven't asked. (laughs) Important to ask for what you need, right? Um, So you can just head on over to the website where you purchase one of my paperback books and leave a review. Even if it's not a shine in review, I will take it happily. Our guest today is Priscilla Blevins, who has a passion to help women live a sustainable keto lifestyle to lose weight and balance hormones. Her passion stems from her own health journey from being diagnosed with a heart murmur at birth, as well as Schoen's complex, a very rare congenital heart defect consisting of multiple left heart obstructive defects. At age 12, she was told you can never get fat or you'll die. And so she's focused very hard during high school to eat right, to manage her weight, but struggled with fatigue, depression, anxiety, which eventually led to panic attacks. After completing a master's of science in nutrition, she found solid evidence of the effects of the keto diet. She started eating this way and within one month had tripled her energy levels, lost 10 pounds, and within two months, the anxiety and panic attacks were non-existent. She's been able to easily maintain these results for years. She embraces food as medicine for the mind and soul. I'm very excited about today's conversation. It's a great beginner's conversation, something that will inspire you if you are just getting started and you need like a story and some tools to get going. Now, if you have questions about today's content or there's anything you don't understand or you want me to go into more depth, please head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. I check through those emails almost on a daily basis and use them as the basis for creating new episodes. And I promise to get back to you. So you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact, leave me a message there. And you can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show. So any of the links and resources that I mention throughout the episode that Priscilla mentions, head on over to ketodietpodcast.com. Just look for episode 276 and all the links and details will be on over there. Okay, let's do this thing. 
Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've created a free guide with tips on how to start keto and maintain your fat-fueled life. Grab it at healthfulpursuit.com slash free as a little thank you for listening to the show. Hi, Priscilla. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm so good. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Okay. So I love for you to share a little bit about, you know, I, I just shared your bio and it was super awesome, but I love people to describe like how they got into the work that they're in. Cause it's often comes from a place of experience where you were really frustrated or something happened that just um, made you want to get into this work. So I'd love to know how you got into this and what you're passionate about before I, I, drill you with a bunch of questions about weight loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yes, you heard my bio, but just to kind of go more in depth with that. Yes, I was born with a congenital heart defect. And so with that, there goes all the annual visits to the doctor, always checking up on me. And so I hit puberty. And of course, I'm getting, you know, the little pudge here and there, the curves here and there. But I do come from an overweight family. So my cardiologist looked at me and in his not very good tactful way said, you can never get fat. I have a boy that get, that got fat and I warn him that he'll die if he goes, plays you know, basketball. So you can never get fat with your heart condition. And that's just like as a girl, as a 12 year old girl, so impressionable. That is the last thing you ever want to tell her. Right. <laughs> so, so <true>. um, <laughs> yeah. So the only thing I knew, I didn't even know what calories were. I would look at a box and I thought, Oh, this entire package is that serving of calories. Like I didn't know what servings were. I was just very, you know, nutrition illiterate. I literally just cut my portions in half. And yeah, that's pretty much how I lost, you know, about 20 pounds as a teenage girl, didn't know anything, just cut, you know, portions in half, really, then I learned more about calories. And that's where then the road got a little slippery for me is when I started becoming very anxious and depressed with the side effects of following a low calorie restricted diet, especially as such a young developing young lady. And so, you know, that I had this whole passion to go into nutrition because I wanted to figure it out because I knew that was so important for me and my health and my heart and to keep it healthy. And so I went into dietetics and even still in college, I struggled with not trying to yo-yo diet. I struggled with the hormone fluctuations of depression, anxiety, and it got to where I was eventually having panic attacks, like literally like unpredicted panic attacks. And if anyone's had panic attacks, they're the worst thing you can ever imagine. And this was happening to me in grad school while I was you know, preparing to become a dietitian. I had all this knowledge and I'm like, I'm doing everything the textbooks are saying, you know, I wasn't being extreme having a, you know, disordered eating, but it was becoming that it was a disordered eating and it wasn't healthy. And so I was like, I got to figure something out. I got to find something that is maintainable. And of course, I don't know how much, you know, there aren't very many keto friendly dietitians out there. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I was always taught that it was a very therapeutic only diet you used in the hospital for epileptic patients. And that was it. If anyone went on keto, they were on a fad diet, you know, it wasn't sustainable. They're crazy. <laughs> so that's, that was pretty much my knowledge of keto. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to look into this. I had seen a video there on Netflix about keto and I'm, I watched it and I was like, first started out watching this whole documentary on uh, keto and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to dispute this video. It's so wrong. And the more research I did, the more I got convinced. I saw the psychological benefits. I saw the hormonal benefits. Like it was just crazy. All of this research that was out there on the benefits that were developing on keto. And so I was like, fine just fine. I will give it a month. I will try keto. And I remember like cleaning out my pantry and everything. I was like, I'm going to be committed. I'm going to do this. And literally within one month of following keto, I went from being an introvert to being an extrovert because I was always chronically fatigued. And then within two months, like literally my anxiety and panic attacks were non-existent. And that's when I became a diehard keto dietitian. I was like, this is the only way. It's amazing what power this as a diet and therapy has for a woman. Just, you know, whether you have a hormone disorder or you're just a woman that wants to have more energy and have you know, more control of your hormones and not always feel so tired or anxious. And you can be empowered to actually know what foods fuel you and which ones do not. So that's my long roundabout way that brought me to keto. And then I started, uh, I did open a private practice specifically for keto weight loss with the cherry on top of being the hormone balance and all that great stuff. That's awesome. It sounds so much like my experience with keto, I remember once I found keto, I went back into my notes because I took like very serious notes in school. <laughs> and I went to the area where we were learning about different diets and what was good, what wasn't, how to, you know, support clients within those diets. And under keto, okay, it was keto do not do equals dangerous. <laughs> exactly. Period. That was, that was the end of the topic. And we moved on to vegan and all the other things. And that's uh, all I learned in school. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Amazing. And very similar too. like a month into doing keto, it changed my life. I got off my ADHD medication and that was like, what? This is amazing. And over time, it sounds like you noticed a lot of benefits. And even now to this day, you know, six years into it, I'm still like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, like it comes with time. Now, did you already have your practice set up when you discovered keto or were you still in school? I had not. So I had graduated school and I, it was literally in my first year of clinical as a dietitian. So no, I was still working full time. So that was part of the hard time was, oh, I got to go talk to my patients all about these other diets, except for keto, which is not recommended. So, you know, kind of, I felt hypocritical in that sense. It wasn't something that I full heartedly could believe in with all these other low calorie diets that, you know, are or heart healthy diets that are high in carbs, right? You know, I'm like, I can't do this morally. 
Yeah. I think we all go through that transition, right? Like you're, you're probably working on stuff on your own right now. And you're like, I don't know, does this work? Does it not? Before I share it with my people, I need to know, (laughs) you know, but there's always that you got to kind of like save it for yourself for a bit. But that transitionary period has always been really hard for me because you just want to shout on the rooftops and burn every bridge. (laughs) Yeah. This new thing. What was that like? Like setting up a keto business? You didn't learn much of it from school, but I mean, we learn all of the basics of like how a body works. So when the keto blocks start filling in, you're like, oh, okay, I know this. (laughs) What was it like to like go from working with your clientele? It sounds like through your um, practice before you got your own practice started to like setting up a keto business. What was that like for you? So I'm not going to lie. When I first started my practice, it was... I was honestly scared to just outright say I was a keto dietitian. I was calling it like the low carb, high fat approach. And you know, nothing wrong with that. I believe many people can benefit from many different scales of the keto diet to low carb, high fat. But personally, just starting out, I was still scared being the dietitian as there are literally like very few dietitians out there that are keto. So that was a big hurdle for me. Um, So I honestly, my first several months I had clients, like some saw benefits, like the hormonal part and everything, but not the keto benefits, not the, oh my gosh, I have so much more, you know, energy. Oh my gosh, the anxiety and depression is non-existent. Like they saw, you know, trickling benefits and their weight loss was a lot more slower. So again, you know, it had to do more with my mindset and not having that confidence. And then I did, I found this amazing business coach who happens to also be dietitian for dietitians. And um, she got me out of that mindset. She's like, when we had our first call, she was like, I explained what I did. And she said, it sounds like keto. And I'm like, no, it's not. No. And then I was like, (laughs) well, I do keto, but I'm afraid to like come out like as a dietitian, I'm like, I feel like I'm coming out, you know, (laughs) in the closet, like I'm expressing everything that dietitians are not supposed to be saying. And she's like, but you can help people. And I was very lucky to have this as a business coach, her that was a dietitian telling me this, that it's okay, do what you believe in if you believe it helps people. So that, that was the turning point for me in my business. And then once I did that, like, oh my gosh, like I was so much more effective with my clients. Like I was getting PCOS, hypothyroid clients and just general weight loss. And I, these clients started seeing double the benefits much faster in a sense, you know, because I wasn't shy about what I believed in and I was effective in how I was helping them much more so than just, you know, oh, you know, watch your carbs, have more fat. (laughs) Yes, it's and it's so good to surround yourself with other people who are connecting to their own beliefs and really shouting from the rooftops. You know, um, I had a very similar experience when I was putting together my book proposal for my first book, which ended up being called The Keto Diet, but it started <laughs> off with fat is good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because I was so scared. I was so scared, like people are going to think I'm crazy. And you know, like there's still that, um, stigma. I'm sure we've, we're all faced with that as people in the world. And I did the same thing. And my publisher was like, no, nobody has written the keto diet. You're writing it. And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't think I can do this. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. But good for you for really 
doing that because you become so much more effective of a coach, of a leader, of a friend, uh, of a professional to just say like, this is what I'm here to do. And people just gravitate toward that. And I can definitely see that on your platforms of just like, it's very clear. So it surprises me that it wasn't clear at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. Like my handle on Instagram, this was how scared I was. Like, I mean, my website is it, but I called myself WTF.nutritionist just to be like, what the fat nutrition, but I wasn't even going to say fat on my Instagram handle at the time. Now I'm like keto.weightloss.nutritionist. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love it. Since we're talking all about Perfect Keto, perhaps you're new to the brand or you love them so much, you just want to save all of the monies that you possibly can. Um, There's a new offer that's going live with Perfect Keto for Keto Diet Podcast listeners only. Okay, are you ready for this? It's epic. Use the code KDP for 20% off everything. 20% off everything plus free shipping and a free nut butter on orders over $80 or more. Now this nut butter, guys, I can't even choose a favorite. Kevin loved every single one of them. (laughs) And the free nut butter will be on for like until supplies last, which I'm guessing if you're listening to this episode, January 2021 and over, you've probably missed out on the free nut butter. But give that code a try, KDP. For 20% off everything, free shipping, a free nut butter on orders over $80, and you can load up on bars and keto collagen, which we just chatted about, and bars, and did I mention bars? I really love their bars. They're so good. So if you go to perfectketo.com slash KDP, the coupon code will be instantly added to your order, and you will get all those benefits, and enjoy the nut butters, friends. And so after you found keto, like how did that shift over time? Because it sounds like you started off with a very much like, just eat half of what you normally eat and you'll lose weight. And then you found keto and like, how has that shifted over time for yourself personally? And how do you find your clients also, you know, they start with this weight loss goal, perhaps their body is changing. How does that change over time? Yeah, absolutely. So like when I started out, obviously it was, I tried to be just low carb, high fat. So I kind of was like, have one carb a day. Let's eat mostly low carb, you know, meals and have that one carb a day. So that was pretty much, you know, give or take the general advice that my initial philosophy was with clients. Obviously that wasn't for myself. Now, as I transitioned and owned keto, I have taken on this holistic integrative approach to keto. And so since I work with a lot of individuals who have hormone disorders, I have noticed that your traditional keto, which is really high in dairy, is not necessarily hormone friendly for a lot of women. Men, that can work great, but for women specifically, I have found, at least with PCOS and hypothyroid, for instance, I really do work with them to be dairy-free. And then, you know, if they do have carbs in there, you know, making them gluten-free just because they're, you know, anti-inflammatory. And so I really kind of focus more on the aspect of an anti-inflammatory keto diet. Like, yes, keto is anti-inflammatory, but, you know, if we pack it full of processed meats and lots of dairy and, you know, lots of snacks, then it can have the reverse effect and not always in the long term be as good for our hormones and all that great stuff. So 
That's even another thing that you need to really connect to your belief and shout it from the rooftops. Because first you say, you know, I'm keto. And then it's like, and P.S., we're going to get rid of the dairy that you're eating. And you kind of just, <laughs> right? right? Oh, man. Let's just get rid of everything as well, all the dietitians <laughs> hearing. <laughs> yes. And I know, like, for myself, I've never really had an addiction to dairy. So when I went keto and I realized very quickly that dairy was, like, inflaming me a lot, not leading to my goals, was causing a lot of joint pain, acne, like, because I was eating a lot of it. And when I cut right. out dairy, it was like, okay, cool. Cool, but for some people, it is like asking them to cut off a limb. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, even for myself, my mom grew up on a dairy farm. So then when I grew up, I grew up near a dairy farm. And we, I mean, I'm going to say, I think a lot of our dairy has to do more with the processing and manufacturing of it nowadays and why people are becoming more intolerant of it. Cause I mean, I'm seeing so many women as they age become more intolerant to dairy. Like by the time they're 40, like I'm just like, okay, let's, let's cut out the dairy for now and see how you do. So it's just, it's one of those things. It, it can really be one of those items that one can prevent you from losing weight plus all the intolerance issues. And then, yeah, you can reap so many more benefits with having that less anti-inflammatory aspect in your diet. Yeah. And there's so much more space for actual food. Do you find that too? Like it's so easy to just grab some of those Parmesan crisp chips and then <laughs> right? eat them with sour cream and you look at it and you're like, there's actually nothing in here that I'm eating. <laughs> yeah. I know. I mean, like I would, I myself would go through a block of cheese or if I get the munchies, Oh, it's cheese. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Or like cheese with butter. Have you done that? Oh, man. oh gosh. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> You're oh, much yeah. more creative. <laughs> <laughs> I did that for a while. What were the things and, and with your clients too, that have surprised you the most? Like, you know, perhaps when you got started with keto, you had a very clear, it sounds like dairy was one of them of like, here's what we're going to do. Oh, wait, dairy's a problem. Were there other <laughs> ones where you're like, oh yeah, the standard ketogenic protocol, this is not going to work. Right, right. So, I mean, a good one, for instance, is my, my ladies with hypothyroid eggs. Eggs are also inflammatory for them. So, I mean, you're asking them to go keto, go dairy-free, and then also egg-free. And so that is another one that you typically see on keto. So when I, I preach my keto, I'm like, yes, I'm all about keto, but it, it depends. Where are you coming from? Do you have a diagnosis of hypothyroidism, PCOS? Those are the main ones. And then, of course, after that, it's just individualized, just like you have an intolerance. Um, but one of the cool things that I have seen going back to hypothyroidism and even Hashimoto's is intermittent fasting. Like these are women that typically have very strong sugar cravings because of the hormonal imbalance of their thyroid. And so you would think as a clinical dietitian, oh, don't restrict and definitely don't fast. <laughs> At least that's what my clinical mind is telling me. Mm -hmm. um, but I found that with my girls with hypothyroidism, they literally have non-existent 
cravings when they incorporate intermittent fasting, 16 hour days. And it's just like, I mean, yes, that's keto, but as a dietitian, you would think if you're having a binge eating problem, sugar cravings are horrible. Cause I had this one girl, we had gone keto, we had gone gluten-free, dairy-free and egg-free and she did good, but she would still kind of have little lapses in here, little binge episodes, um, just because of her having Hashimoto's. It's so just so debilitating at times with the cravings. And I said, okay, let's, let's try this intermittent fasting. And she's like, oh my gosh, like I felt so free this week. I just felt in control for once. Like it, I felt like my body actually got to rest in the mornings and I wasn't thinking about food and I didn't have cravings. And so that's just like another beautiful, you know, just picture of how keto can be so liberating, unlike popular beliefs by many that are held about binge eating disorders and restricting. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I often forget, you know, as somebody who was diagnosed with hypothyroidism, probably, oh gosh, like at least six years ago now, um, when I first started, I saw a dietitian. Uh-huh. unfortunately, <laughs> no offense, but you know, <laughs> no. you know what I'm saying? For you, it's probably not good. <laughs> no. And they were like, you know, when you crave sugar, you just need to eat more complex carbohydrates and da, 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 da. And yeah. I was like eating so many carbs, but then still craving so much sugar. And yeah. it was this like vicious cycle. And I was eating all of the time and hy- hypoglycemia I had also. And it was like, I was eating every two hours. And now to flip to even today, I woke up, my husband and I went for an hour and a half walk. I got back, drank a bunch of water, then did yoga for two hours. And by then it was like one o'clock and I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll eat now. You know, like to just have that freedom is so powerful. Oh, absolutely. You feel like you're finally empowered and you have control of your life. I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Now, where do you find people get stuck? You know, because the beautiful thing about keto is that you lose weight, generally speaking, pretty quickly at first, you know, because of the Mm -hmm. water weight. And then oftentimes people will, stop losing a lot of weight and then they'll get frustrated. Where do you find that stuckness happens and what tools do you have to keep the momentum going? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, definitely seeing the weight loss between week three, week one and week three, right? That's normally when you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You have this high and this huge momentum, but it's usually kind of for me, at least with my clients, kind of around week four to five, give or take. It kind of, uh, it hits that keto plateau, as you may say. And so I, you know, and of course it depends on the client and if they do have a hormone disorder, kind of fine tuning that aspect. But if it's just a general keto plateau, this is where I definitely incorporate not just using the scale. Like the scale is great. You know, you're going to lose a lot of liquid at first, but I love taking the waistline measurements. I'm a full hearted, like, let's take your measurements on your waist. Cause I had, for instance, a client, she was frustrated. She was like, I haven't lost weight for two weeks, but I, we were also looking at her waistline and she had lost like 
four inches in two weeks. And I'm like, that is fat burning right there. Like prior before, yeah, you lost weight, but now you're burning fat. So it's also just remembering that, you know, inches and weight, you know, are just two different forms of measurements, but when they're combined, they're super powerful. Yep. It's so true. And how do you, how do you approach hormones and weight fluctuations? Like for example, I know that for myself between days like 21 ish on my cycle to about day seven, I'm a water balloon. Like I, (laughs) I mean, I've tried everything and I've just accepted that the scale is going to go up and I'm going to feel a little bit more puffy. Do you find that with your clients as well? And how do you approach that? Oh, oh, absolutely. Even on our first call, I'm like, okay, period week. (laughs) Let's just say, okay, it's fine to get on the scale during your period, but you're doing good if you just maintain, you know, if it goes up one or two pounds, don't freak out. That's just, again, like you mentioned, the bloating, the extra hormones and all that your body is doing just to be fertile. So, I mean, yeah, there's really not much you're going to do. You're just going to honor your body. And if your body needs a little more, you know, food, eat more fat, you know, it's kind of more guiding them in those terms. Like what foods are you craving and how can we meet that with keto? They still, for the most part, keep you on track. Yes. And that's great advice. And it's so simple, but I feel like every single cycle we forget. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, this is over. I failed. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Or we get really tired. Like I can't tell you how many of my clients on like day two of their cycle are like, I can't function. I'm so tired. All I want to do is eat and watch Netflix. I'm like, yeah, this is your body telling you to chill and you have such a better cycle and such a better handle on your hormones when you just take it easy. (laughs) I can't tell you, like (laughs) I've started now putting in my calendar days one to three, eat a steak. And when I have like, I just make a big meaty steak and I just sit there and watch Netflix. Oh, it makes such a difference. Yeah. You feel like that's the ultimate self-care right there. Yes. So true. And I'd love to kind of get into hormone imbalances and signs that your diet is affecting your hormones. So for example, if you are eating a severely low calorie diet and perhaps you're dealing with weight gain, um, you're eating 1100 calories per day and you're gaining weight, is that a sign of hormone imbalance? Or like we just talked about, if you are experiencing bloating on your period, is that an imbalance? Is that just natural? Like I think a lot of people get confused about what's considered to be a hormone imbalance. Perhaps they're not able to test and they just don't know like is this a problem for me? I'm a woman, I'm eating keto. What do I need to think about in order to support my hormones? Are they imbalanced? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a valid question. I mean, and I I honestly, for my private practice, I I do not test for hormones. I have a great functional integrative doctor that I do work with that does all that, um, that is amazing. But when it comes to looking at you know, the diet. And if you're specifically 
on keto. So yes, if you're bloating uh, and having diarrhea or constipation type of issues, that kind of tells me that there could be an intolerance to possibly dairy going on. So dairy intolerance is mostly like a GI issue. So you can feel, you know, bloated, you can feel blah, you can kind of feel a little nauseous, not all the time, or you can have, you know, difficulty going to the restroom or have diarrhea. Uh, so do you have to have all of those symptoms? Typically not. It can just be a couple of them. Now, to know if you have an actual dairy allergy, it's more respiratory, so it can come off more like shortness of breath or even mimic kind of asthma-type symptoms. For me, for instance, I never thought I had issues with dairy, and it didn't really affect my weight too much. Keto really helped me maintain my weight, but if I do hit stalls, I was wondering. And so there was this period of time that I was noticing are the allergens out? I just have sniffles. I felt like I kept having to pop, you know, antihistamine allergy medicine. And my husband, who has really bad actual allergies during the season, he's like, no. And I would check the news and there's no allergies. So I read up on the dairy allergies. So for literally two weeks, I had no allergies. And respiratory wise, I felt amazing. Like I could actually breathe for once. And so those are kind of like ways to figure out, like just kind of listening to your body. If you have an actual like food sensitivity, like intolerance versus an allergy. And then again, gluten allergies are kind of, I mean, gluten intolerance is kind of similar to a dairy intolerance, just kind of, you know, GI issues going on in that sense. But as far as anxiety, depression, those would definitely signal more of a real hormone disorder to me, kind of possibly like PCOS or hypothyroidism, if you also have the dairy and gluten sensitivity. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think I had a very interesting experience where I ran out of my thyroid medication. I'm from Canada. I've been traveling um, with the whole thing going on in the world in 2020. <laughs> I wasn't able to get new medication. And so I switched over to NP thyroid and I've been taking a custom desiccated thyroid that was made specifically for me with no sugar or anything. It was, I mean, my pharmacist is amazing in Canada. And so I I was like, well, NP thyroid should do the trick. And I went on 60 milligrams, which is the amount that I was taking. And I went so far as to pull the chemistry from my other lab and give it to the other pharmacy. And they're like, yep, this matches up with what you can get in NP thyroid. Girl, I got to tell you, it was like three months of like full on depression. Like I would cry at least once a day. I had no, I just sat and like couldn't function. It was horrible. It was, it was absolutely horrible. And it was just such a good reminder of how sensitive our hormones are and how sensitive specifically the thyroid is. And this is why a lot of my girlfriends and clients even will say, you know, I went to the doctor, I just told them, you know, I have, I've been feeling sad. And that's really how I feel when I'm not on the proper thyroid dose. I just feel depressed. Like, I could very easily go to the doctor and get an antidepressant. And I was very close to going to the doctor and saying like, there's something wrong with me. I need assistance very quickly. I'm not okay. And thankfully my husband was like, you changed your thyroid medication, right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but it's the same. He's like, I don't know, Leanne, I think you need to look into this further. And I did. Yeah. And I switched to armor thyroid. 
same dosage, same amount, same everything, same chemistry. They have the same amount of T3, T4, everything. Mm -hmm. What a difference. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like crazy. Like, and then just like, I mean, for me specifically, I've never technically have ever been found to have any hypothyroid PCOS, but I, for some reason, you know, I'm very sensitive to the food that can be put into my mouth and to the, you know, makeup and products. Cause I can find that I use a new makeup brand or new, you know, facial product. I have to warn my husband. All right. I'm trying this out. (laughs) If I get crazy on you, if I get anxious, hormonal, you know, depressed on you, say, um, didn't you just try a new product several days ago? And I'll be like, oh yeah. And so then I throw that product away. I'm just so sensitive to those types of products. And yeah, it's just crazy what's in our products nowadays and all the toxic chemicals. Yeah. And even just the slight ingredient, like ingredient changes, like for my example, in the MP thyroid to the armor thyroid, all that's different is armor thyroid has extra ingredients, like just these random fillers. (laughs) And for some reason, my body's like, yep, that's the magic sauce right there. (laughs) Just wants the extra. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think it's really important, even without the toxins and all the things, you don't know how your body is going to react to like the smallest little things like I know that if I eat chocolate on certain days of my cycle, I end up getting acne, whereas other days I don't. And so I think what you're saying really is the bio-individuality of a human is really, really important, especially when you're working with hormones. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess to kind of like make it really simple and kind of rewind from to the very beginning of our conversation, perhaps there's something that I should have asked you at the beginning, (laughs) which was like, say I am a woman and I want to get started on keto and lose weight. What is like the thing that I need to start doing? Like, can you just take us through what a beginner keto human who wants to lose weight can do to like set their keto diet up properly as opposed to have it be a total nightmare? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, many are in very, you know, aware of the keto flu, right? You know, where you experience migraines, nausea, and you just kind of feel sick for like a week, give or take, depending on the individual when you cut out all the carbs and go straight keto. For me, that's what I did because I was like, I'm, I'm not going to have another panic attack. I'm just going to, I'm going to do this 24 hour fast. I threw everything away. I was like an all or nothing mindset, but I am aware (laughs) based upon a lot of my clients that they need baby steps. They're not, you know, like I'm not going to go through this tomorrow and be in ketosis by, you know, Friday. Like that's just not me. I need to walk into it slowly, be prepared. I don't want to feel miserable. So one of the things that I will work with new clients is for the first week, I take them into keto slowly. I call it gentle keto. So it kind of starts off more like low carb, high fat, transitioning them from the typical 250 to 350 gram, you know, carbs of that they've been having on a normal American diet, I take them down to around a hundred gram diet. So that looks like having one fruit a day, one serving of carb, which is like the size of your hand for the day. And then having like low carb, high fat meals throughout the day, and maybe like a little piece of chocolate in the evening. So that is much different than how they have been eating, but it's still they aren't like, oh, no carbs. They still can enjoy some of the carbs. Just, I say, choose the carb that you love. If you love 
white bread, but you're only eating whole grain bread because you think it's healthy, don't do that. Just choose the one carb you love, all right? And so that kind of helps them get past that going low carb, high fat. And then definitely going into week two is when I take them into the carb detox. We do like a 24 hour fast. We do not have any carbs, fruit, dessert, or alcohol during week two. And then we kind of cycle through that. I kind of incorporate a cyclical keto where maybe like five days a week, then thereafter they're keto. And then two days a week, they can maybe have one carb a day around like the hundred gram carbs, depending on their tolerance, the hormone levels and their weight loss goals. I totally forgot that you do alcohol. And so can we chat about (laughs) alcohol? (laughs) That's what you saw. You saw alcohol. (laughs) Yeah. I like heard you say booze and I was like, right. Oh my gosh. She likes alcohol. So can we chat about like how you incorporate that into keto and like I'm a sailor. So like it just (laughs) happens that we end up drinking and I've really made a commitment over the last like six months because you know, it, it becomes when you're around a lot of people, you start drinking more and more and more. And in the sailing community and the boating community, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're like every single night you're having sundowners and then four extra drinks and it gets really out of hand. So we're not talking about that kind of drinking, but just like, how do you add alcohol to your ketogenic diet? What kinds are you drinking? Like, what is your, do you have rules around it? Like, what is your alcohol approach? Yeah, absolutely. So I I do. I would never take anyone's alcohol away from them. <laughs> I need my alcohol, so I can't ask anything less of my clients. And so it is individualized. You know, if someone comes from having alcohol every day, you know, it's you know, I use a little dietitian in me. Okay, let's cut that in half. But once we kind of get that and they really want to see weight loss, then I'm, my clients for the most part will do really well with weight loss if they can keep their alcohol down to two days a week. So that's like one or two glasses, maybe, you know, on one day and then the next day. So yeah, two days a week and they still see very good success. And I mean, typically your dry red wines, the dry white wines or your hard liquors. But if you mix it with something, you know, mix it with your carbonated water and not the tonic water, you know, trying to drink them dry versus sweetened, obviously, so yeah, I kind of I kind of work with them on that. I, I love mixology, so I I like mixing drinks with fun fun herbs and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, we got into I have a herb garden. Um, it's like one of those portable ones. Oh, oh good for you, mine oh, died to grow. <laughs> oh really? Uh, yes. Okay. Have you heard of click to grow? Uh-uh. Okay, this is because I kill every plant I try. Like it just. <laughs> I mean, I'm so bad with plants, but this Uh, is like a system. Um, Mine has nine, I think nine holes or 10. I can't, I think it's nine and it waters it for you. It has a timer for the light. You cannot mess this up. Like I promise you, (laughs) if I can grow all these herbs, you can too. And it just, you fill it up every like week or so. And it just holds the water. It runs on a timer. You do not need to do anything other than like, pop in a new it's like a coffee you know the coffee what are they called like the little coffee cups you like pop oh in yeah the coffee. flowering kind of thing exactly it's like that but for plants and you like put in the little pod <laughs> you put you put it in like that's all you put the pot in and you fill up the water every week and I've been like infusing different alcohols 
with like mint and we tried like cilantro and like cucumber and like how we've been having so much fun with it yeah that is so fun yeah there's also you definitely have to it's it's pretty expensive I got it for my birthday this year and I was like oh man I think it was like three hundred dollars or something but I figured it out that over one year of me planting like nine plants every month I was gonna save money so I really committed to like (laughs) growing all the things and you can grow greens and everything I love it so much I'm gonna get another one um because it just it's so great that you can have this stuff on the go so it's like yeah being creative with how to mix is really really important and I'm glad that you mentioned the like drier (laughs) wines because that's essential absolutely yeah just to wrap up I'd love to know like what's the one thing that you wish you'd known before you started keto like you said that you um found it challenging when you first got going to like not avoid keto flu because you went balls to the wall. I did the exact same thing. Um, <laughs> what's like the thing that you wish you'd known that you, that you so know now and you make sure that your clients never experience? <laughs> I mean, gosh, I mean, the biggest thing for me is I just wish I would have known about it earlier. I mean, you just got to start it's you're never gonna have the right time like oh vacations next week or the kids are starting school or there's a holiday like you matter your body matters just jump into it you're not gonna do it perfect you you might eat more cheese than you need to you might eat more processed meat but we can fine-tune that later and so honestly for me that's the biggest thing was I just wish I would have started earlier Oh, I love that advice. And that's so beautifully said. Amen. Amen. Um, (laughs) And tell us a little bit about your group coaching and like how people can work with you, where they can find you. I'd love to find out more about this group group coaching you got going on. Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at keto.weightloss.nutritionist. And then my website is wtfnutritionist.com. I still haven't changed my website name yet. (laughs) Um, But I do have group coaching currently going on and it's a three month program. And it's just a wonderful group of ladies. Uh, We have calls, we have Facebook group, there's keto meal plans and we get on the calls and we talk all about the keto things, the weight loss struggles, how to customize our meal plans further, social situations, all of that combined while addressing hormone issues and just, you know, aiming to lose five to 10 pounds a month, give or take. That is very feasible for most of my clients. So just having that community. Yeah. I love all my ladies. I always love having more. The, the groups are great. That's awesome. And there's something so wonderful about group coaching. Like I know a lot of people and I know I used to like shy away from it also for myself, but also just offering it. But in the group setting, so many people ask the questions that you wanted to ask, but you were too shy to ask or too embarrassed to ask, or you learned something that you don't think you needed, but you totally needed. So you get a lot more out of it. I feel like. Yeah. And you don't feel like, oh, it's just me. So many times, especially as ladies, we feel, oh, oh, that's just me. It's only, I only experience that or oops, I I only overeat or only think like that. I know everybody does. (laughs) Yep. So true. Priscilla, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This was a total blast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. 
I really hope you enjoyed our interview with Priscilla. You can find her on Instagram at keto.weightloss.nutritionist. I'll include a link in the show notes today. Okay, so next up on the podcast, Sunday, October 25th, we have episode 277 where I'm answering a ton of your questions. I'm guessing that this podcast is going to be over an hour, but let's see. There's over 20 questions in the episode. Many of you have submitted your questions as of late over at healthfulpursuit.com slash contact. So I'm so excited when you submit your questions and suggestions in there. So we're going through it all. Sunday, October 25th. Now on Sunday, November 1st, episode 278, we're having Kristen Mancinelli on the show to chat about intermittent fasting for weight loss, all to do with fasting. Such an interesting conversation. Can't wait to share this one with you and I will see you there. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor should it be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.